What's up, Oasis Online? I hope you guys are doing well. Give it up for your amazing online pastor, Pastor Colton, a truly amazing man of God. And I, I love what he said. And I just want to kind of and just kind of add something to that. To the men out here, you got, you are a mighty man of valor. You know, there there might be someone here right now that that's saying, you know what, I feel anything. I feel anything but a mighty man of valor. And God is saying, no, no, that's who I've called you to be. It's not, maybe not what you're experiencing right now, but that's who you are. And you are going to, I'm talking to someone right now. You are going to step into who you are. You're going to step into who God's called you to be. And so I want to encourage you with that. So what's up? All of our Oasis Online, men and women, I hope you guys are doing good wherever you're at, whenever this is that you're listening to this message. And I'm super, super excited to share God's word with you today. You know, uh, it, it reminds me of a time back in Oklahoma at my church. We had an awesome man of God come, a powerful man of God come and share the word with us one time. And when I say a powerful man of God, I'm not talking about powerful preaching, although he did, you know, have powerful preaching, but I'm talking about healing the sick. I'm talking about raising the dead. I'm talking about this brother, his brother from Africa. This brother was fire. This brother was no joke. And he did something that I'll always remember. He did something that stuck with me and forever changed the course of my life. And he held up his Bible and he said, this book, it works. This book, it works. And so I'm here to tell you today, this book, it works. Everything that God does in your life will be because this book, it works. So I'm super excited to share a message with you today. The title of my message is The Blessing of Broke. Jesus said in the Beatitudes that blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God. So before we jump in, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are moving. You're moving among us. You're moving in us. You're coming upon us. And Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth that leads us and guides us into all truth. And so open our eyes to see Give us ears to hear what you are saying to us this day. And we just thank you in advance for all that you're doing this day. In Jesus' mighty name, say amen, amen, amen. We are going to jump onto this. The blessing of broke. <laughs> Man. Don't we hate being broke? Man, don't we hate being broke? I want you to think, when was the last time you were broke? You might be saying, Hold up, I'm broke right now. Man, give me $20. And if that's you, if that's you, I want to encourage you. This is your day. You're about to get blessed. The blessing is coming. But before we get to the blessing, I feel like we got to come into unity. I feel like we got to come into agreement. Unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. No, we're going to get to that. But I'm talking about unity and brokenness. I'm talking about we need to confess. We need to uh, come into unity on how much we hate being broke. Broke is a joke. So broke you can't pay attention. That's why you guys struggle to pay attention to church because you're broke. <laughs> My personal favorite is broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm going to write a book one day with the title Broke, 
busted and disgusted my broke memoirs. <laughs> so I want to take you on a journey because when I talk about broke, I want to take you on a journey into my brokenness. Because when I talk about broke, I know what I'm talking about. So just as, uh, as um, Colton had mentioned, we're coming into the Christmas season, the holiday season. Also, that's right around the corner is winter. Now, us in California, we don't really have a winter. You know, I'm from Oklahoma, and I remember one time that I was so broke that I couldn't afford to turn on my gas. For the whole winter time, I could not turn on my gas, and I had a gas, my, my water heater was even uh, running on gas. So I literally was in my apartment, apartment with the triple fat goose in my bed, covered up, shivering all winter long, taking cold showers, praying in tongues in the shower, not because I was super spiritual, but because I was shaking and I just needed, I needed some relief. I needed some relief. I said, Lord, you got to help me. I was broke. Ooh, I remember one time I heard about the book, Think and Grow Rich, and I found it on YouTube, and I started watching it. Yeah, yeah, I said YouTube. I didn't buy it on Audible because I was broke. And I said, yes, I started listening to it. I didn't even complete it because, remember, I was broke. I couldn't pay attention. And so I, I listened to this, this book, and it told me, from what I could remember, this may not even be totally correct, but what I got from the book is you just don't want it bad enough. You just don't want money bad enough. If you wanted money more, then you would start to do things differently. You'd start to be more disciplined. you start making better decisions. You just got to want money more. So, in some of you, I know what you're saying. You're like, hey, that book changed my life. And uh, hey, no, no. Hey, I'm no condemnation. And you're, you're probably already thinking about coming up to me, say, hey, man, that, that book changed my life. But you know what? This book changed mine. This book changed mine. And so uh, I went on a journey. And <laughs> I remember I got to just want money more. So I remember a, <laughs> a song. This is an old school song, and most of you won't even know it. So I'm actually, I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing. You don't want me to sing. But I'm going to kind of share some of the lyrics like a poem. And the song is, I want to be rich. And so it goes like this. <laughs> it literally starts, cold, cash, that's what I need. <laughs> These bill collectors, they ring my phone, ring-a-ling-a-ling. They bother me when I'm not at home. <laughs> Ain't got no time to be fooling around. Feet touch the floor and I get on down. See, I want money. Lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. <laughs> I want money. Lots and lots of money. So don't be asking me why. I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich, full of love, peace, and happiness. I want my cake, want to eat it too. I want the stars in the silver moon. Now, <laughs> I got to stop right there. I don't want to keep going, but oh my, my. Bill collectors, they ring my phone. I still don't answer numbers I don't know. I was broke, and 
I even drove out here to California. So it reminds me of driving out to California in my gas-guzzling Jeep Grand Cherokee with $1,500 in my bank account. I had no job. I had no place to stay. And I had no idea how little $1,500 was in California. (laughs) Now, there's a difference between $1,500 in Oklahoma and $1,500 in California. I was broke. (laughs) But God provided God gave me a job. He gave me a place to stay. Gave me a job as a trainer at a gym overlooking the ocean, surrounded by rich people. But I was broke. (laughs) And then my car was even broke. Literally. No, my car was broke. I, the window of my car would not, the actual, the, the, the windshield, right, the windshield motor broke. And so I had to glue my windows up on my car. Yes, I'm that brother in the drive-thru that has to open his door to make his order and then open his door to pay the, the, uh, to get his food. I was broke. My car was broke. And literally there was something, I, I actually glued it with a, uh, like a purple glue stick like my daughter would use. And I used to have to reapply. Now you might be saying, why didn't you get it fixed? Because I was broke. Why didn't you use some Gorilla Glue? That would have kept it up there. Because my thinking was even broke. So I literally had to jam it up there and keep it up there and reapply. My door was all jacked up. My interior light wouldn't shut off all the time. So there was times where I literally had to keep shutting the door until my interior light went off. Literally, there'd be times I was like, I was there for like 10 minutes. And all I kept thinking was, man, I'm broke. Man, I'm broke. And then I met the woman of my dreams. And she was broke too. So we was broke. We was both broke and in love. No need for a prenup. And then everything changed. Everything changed one day when a friend of mine said, I got an opportunity. I got an opportunity. And I'm looking for some broke people. I mean, I'm looking for some like-minded people who wants some more time freedom and money freedom? And I said, yes, that's me. So I joined a network marketing company. <laughs> and I was going to be rich. Actually, I joined three network marketing companies. I actually remember I tried to get Pastor Julian to join my network marketing company. I was going to be rich because I remember I thought my problems was due to my lack of money. And so... I went from broke to broke, busted, and disgusted because I was horrible. Man, I was so horrible at that. And so, needless to say, the Lord delivered me from MLM. Now, if you do an MLM, no, hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not, it just wasn't for me. Praise God. But the Lord delivered me from MLM. Actually, I quit because I was horrible and I started driving Lyft. And now this time in my life, I was frustrated. I was frustrated with my life. I was frustrated with my wife. I was frustrated with God. I was frustrated with everybody who wouldn't join my network marketing business. I was frustrated with everyone who didn't tip me and Lyft. So side note, tip your Lyft driver. One dollar goes a long way. So I was frustrated. And then our life really changed. Because me and my wife joined internship. We joined internship, 
and we had no way of paying for it. We was broke. We had no way to pay for the internship program. And we literally had to pay every single week, whatever we had. Now our internship program was nine months long. We finished paying for our internship probably in month eight. It was by the grace of God, they didn't kick us out because <laughs> we was broke. But it was actually in the internship program that the Lord started to heal my soul. The Lord started to heal my soul. And I came to Isaiah 43, 11 that says, I, even I am the Lord. And besides me, there is no savior. And I felt like the Lord was clearly saying to me in that time, I could just hear the Holy Spirit say, I alone am savior. And he showed me in that time that my thought process was, man, if I just had more money, if I just had more money, then everything would be all right. If I just had more money, I wouldn't be so frustrated with my wife because she keeps spending all our money. No, I'm just <laughs> but I just thought, man, if I just had more money. And so the Lord took me on a journey. And one more quick little story, final story. So my wife is pregnant. She's pregnant with our first child, Carissa. And she had been telling me, hey, baby, the, the hospital keeps calling and asking when we're going to pay for this delivery. And I was like, delivery? You ain't even had the baby yet. <laughs> they better put us on a payment plan. And uh, so one day we was driving and they called her while I was there. And so she, she put them on speakerphone and they were saying, well, you, you guys really need to, to make payment before the delivery. And so I spoke up. I was like, uh, excuse me, this is her husband with a real authoritative voice. This is her husband. I just want to, I just want to check. If, if my wife goes into labor and we show up at the hospital, are you guys going to turn her away? You going to turn us away? And they said, oh no, sir, we would never do that. We just don't want you to get sent to collections. I said, okay, thank you very much. You have a great day. Then I turned to my wife and I said, baby, we're good to go. Collections has already got our information. We're fine. And we started laughing. And it was in that moment that I had just realized that we went from broke, busted, and disgusted to broke, but blessed. And I'm here to tell you, there's a difference between broke, busted, and disgusted and broke, but you're blessed. Jesus said, blessed are the poor. Now you may be poor. You may not have money, but that's okay because that's not the source of your blessing. Collections can't take my blessing because I've read the book. In this book, it works. And this book says I'm blessed and highly favored. This book says I'm above and not beneath. This book says I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed on the west side and I'm blessed in the valley too. I'm blessed when I'm driving. I'm blessed when I'm taking the bus. I'm blessed if I got a job. I'm blessed if I don't have a job. Not because I don't want to work, but I'm waiting on his timing. I'm waiting to see where he's calling me, not to see who's paying me. I'm not saying, show me the money. I'm saying, show me the glory. I'm no longer broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm saying, I'll take a pay cut if that's what you want me to. I'll say no to a promotion if the Spirit of God says no. Because not all money is good money. Not all money is good money. 
You see, God is not increasing anything that we see as our source because it'll compete with him. Now, God is all about increasing our resources. And so some of you right now are wondering why your money's funny. It's because your money is your source. It's not a resource. So if you'll just submit to God, allow him to change your perception, allow him how you're seeing money, allow him to change how you're seeing him and say, Lord, help me. Help me to see you as my source and money is my resource. You alone are Savior. And now, there is biblical prosperity. Don't get it twisted. God wants to increase you. God wants to increase you and increase your resources, but not just to take care of you, but to take care of someone else. And, and the Bible literally says in Ephesians 4, chapter 4, I mean, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. <laughs> Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. He's saying, basically, translation right here, stop stealing, get a job, but not so that you can meet your needs, but so that you can meet someone else's needs. Now, this is crazy, and we don't understand this. And so we need the Holy Spirit to renew our mind. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 6, verse 17 through 20. And a little backdrop here. Jesus had just spent all night in prayer, and he just called his disciples and then he's saying, and he came down with them and stood on a level, level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed uh, of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. Then he lifted his eyes toward his disciples and said, blessed are the poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Now this word blessed here is to literally become larger, to become long. It's, the, the, it's when God extends his benefits, extends his blessing and, and, and it makes the believer in such a way that they are enviable from others that he makes them enviable from others because they've received God's provision. They've received his favor and literally have become enlarged. So this happens when we receive the grace of God. God makes us blessed. This word also means happy, but not like the world thinks of happy. So I looked up the word happy in the Webster's dictionary and the root word of happy is hap. It means luck or fortune. So the definition is the feeling of pleasure and enjoyment because of your life situation. Showing or cause a feeling of pleasure and enjoyment, pleased or glad about a particular situation or event. So if my circumstances are good, I'm good. If my circumstances say I'm happy, then I'm happy. If I got money, then I'm happy. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we don't take on the world's definition of blessed. Because literally in Proverbs 16, 20, let's go there. Whoever gives thought to the word, 
Whoever gives thought to the word discovers good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. So the Bible says we're blessed when we trust. The world says we're happy when things happen to us. The word says we're happy when things happen in us. Our happiness is not from without, it's from within. See, if we're not careful, our Christianity will be a pursuit of good and not God. Our Christianity will be a pursuit of happiness instead of pursuit of holiness. If we're not careful, we'll say, God, do good in my life to show me that you're good. Give me more so I know that you love me. If we're not careful, that's what we'll fall into. But don't get it twisted. James says, don't be deceived, beloved brother. Don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Translation, God is good, he's always good, and he's never going to change. But I want to ask you today, what are you calling good? What is your definition of good? Because if we're honest, sometimes our definition of good and God's definition of good aren't necessarily in alignment. And so I want to share with you what Jesus said good is. So Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. So anytime you see the word for, You've probably heard this, you know, mentioned before. If you see the word for, if you see the word therefore, you got to find out why it's there for. So he's saying, blessed are the poor. Blessed are you who are poor because this is why you're blessed. Because yours is the kingdom of God. Because yours is the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom. When Jesus stepped on the scene, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. When Jesus came back, he showed himself to 500 people and he talked about the church or the kingdom. You see, if we're not careful, we'll preach the gospel of the church and not the gospel of the kingdom. If we're not careful, we'll point people to the church and not the kingdom. We'll go into all the world and preach the gospel of the church and not the kingdom. And Jesus said, I'll build my church. You preach the kingdom. Maybe that's why we got kicked out of the church. Maybe the church got too big so that no one could see the kingdom. Maybe we were so focused on the church, we couldn't see the kingdom. And now Jesus said that when you're poor, you're blessed because you got the kingdom. So what is the kingdom? So we're going to look at what Paul calls the kingdom. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul was addressing the divisions in the church over different different convictions. If you have not seen Pastor Julian's message on conviction bullies, then you need to go check that out because it's fire. 
But I, I want to focus in on what Paul is calling the kingdom. Paul said the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, in the previous chapter, in chapter 13, verse 8 through 10, Paul says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Let me say that again. He who loves another has fulfilled the law. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The fulfillment of the law is the receiving of righteousness. So the reality is when we struggle with righteousness, it's not a sin problem. It's not a righteousness problem. It's a love problem. We don't have a problem with sin. We got a problem with love. We don't have a problem with righteousness. We got a problem with love. So Paul is saying love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Why? Because he was God. And what does the Bible say? God is love. So looking at that, let me just finish, finish that scripture. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, all are summed up in this way. Namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love is righteousness. Righteousness is love. Love is the fulfillment of the law, the purchasing of access. So when you look at it that way, Paul is literally saying the kingdom of God is love, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. Hmm, that sounds familiar. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. And now, I want to encourage you with something. I feel like that we have three basic needs, that the, the, fruits of the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, and, you know, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of that, I, I feel like is, just flows out of these three main things. Love, joy, peace. Because Paul said the kingdom is righteousness, peace, joy. Love, joy, peace. And so I feel like there's three, I feel like God has been showing me there's three basic needs of the soul. It's either love, joy, or peace. And it's what we're finding that in. So a lot of times our need for love, we feel with a relationship. A lot of times our need for love, we feel with someone meeting our need for love and we wonder why we're disappointed. We wonder why we keep going from relationship to relationship, friendship to friendship, and we keep getting disappointed. We keep getting frustrated because we're looking for them to meet our need of love. That need of love is from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God. They've got love. Peace, what are we finding our peace in? A lot of times, the reason why we want more money is because I don't, we don't want to worry about finances anymore. I, want, I don't want to worry about finances. And we're finding our peace in more money. And so when things get tight, we'll hold on to our money and then we'll let go of our peace. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God. Their peace comes from within. Their peace comes from the Holy Spirit. You're blessed when you don't have anything else competing for this peace. And he says, joy. 
What do you find? So sometimes we want more money because we want to do whatever we want to do to find that enjoyment in our life. And a lot of times God is withholding that thing. He's withholding more money because if we did whatever we wanted to do, it would destroy us. Now, I'm honest. Have you ever thought about winning a lottery? I thought about it a lot when I was broke, especially when I, when I listened to the thing and grow rich. So I was like, all right, then my answer is just winning the lottery. So this is what I'm gonna do when I win the lottery. And I just, man, imagine all these things. But you wanna know, you wanna know what would happen if I would've won the lottery back then? I would've probably got mercury poisoning because I would've ate sushi every single day for a breakfast, lunch, dinner, I would've had sushi and you would've probably heard about me on the news. Pastor dies of mercury poisoning after winning the lottery in six months. So... I'm being funny, but these three basic needs that we find in these other things, and a lot of times, it's in money. And so, God says, I alone am Savior. It's me. It's not these things. So, I want to look at Romans. We're, gonna, we're, about to, we're about to wrap this up. And uh, I want to take a look at Romans 8, 25 through 29 in this real popular uh, scripture, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purpose. Now we, we love to use that scripture, but we kind of use that scripture like, like all encompassing that God causes all things to work together for good to all of his believers, to all of his Christians. But that's not what that scripture is saying. You know, just look at the pandemic. We all know someone, a believer, someone that went to church. They're worse off after the pandemic than they were before. And we all know someone who's better off after the pandemic than they were before. So if that's you, if you're saying, you know what, I am worse off. This is your day. This is your blessing. Because you're going to get a key. It's going to change everything in your life. So let's look at that scripture real, real briefly. All things work together for the good to those who love God. Now, how do we love God? In 1 John, it says, we love because he first loved us. See, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He Paul said, we can be confident in this, that he who has begun a good work will complete it into the day of Christ Jesus. Here's a little key. Whoever starts it, finishes it. Some of you guys are frustrated right now because you started it. So you would listen to a message like this and say, all right, I'm gonna start being loving. I'm gonna start loving. And, but it's actually you starting to love and you wonder why your love runs out and you get frustrated. So it's receiving his love. It's receiving his love that produces love in your heart. But guess what? That love has a short shelf life because John also said that to love one another, love is perfected. That love, our love is perfected. So literally, this is how it works. We receive God's love. We focus on God's love. It produces love in our hearts. And first and foremost, we give it back to him. We're always giving back to God what he's given to us. So we first give it back to him, but we don't just give it back to him. We got to give it to each other. 
So all things work together for those who receive God's love, give it back to him and give it to someone else. And all things will work together for the good. All things will work together for the good to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, some of you right now, you're frustrated because you're in the dark. What do I mean by in the dark? You're not being used. You're not being seen. You're not being appreciated. And you feel like you're dying inside and you are dying inside because you're dying to yourself. You're dying to, because you've been so focused on your dreams, your purpose, and you weren't focused on his purpose and his purpose is literally, let me just, let, let, let's just go there real, real fast. Uh, for time's sake, I just want to read this part. It says, um, let me get right here. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God and call to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's his purpose. So his purpose is not your purpose. His purpose is not your dream. If your dream and your purpose don't end up with people coming to know him, then it's not his purpose. And sometimes we're about our purpose and we wonder why things don't work together for our good because we're too focused on our purpose and not his purpose. And God has hidden you. And I'm so grateful that God hid me and God showed me that I was so focused on my purpose. I had a love for truth and I wanted people to know truth, but it wasn't because I really wanted them to know truth. It was because I wanted them to know the truth that came from me. And God had to hide me. God had to put me in the dark. And God had to wait till I loved the dark. And I said, God, I just want you. I don't want anything else. I just want you. I don't need more money. I don't need more purpose. I don't need more opportunity. I just want you. So when we have that heart and we can receive God's love and we're saying, God, I just want to be about your purpose. That's when God causes all things to work together for our good. And we can come to a place that say, you know what? I may not have, I may be broke, but Jesus, you said, blessed are the broke. Why? Because they're dependent. They're dependent and God is bringing us to a place of dependency because God doesn't want to keep you broke. God doesn't want to keep you without resources. He wants to increase you. Don't make any mistake about it. He wants to increase you, but he wants to bring you to a level. He wants you to learn dependency so that even when you have resources, even when you know what to do, you're still looking to him. You're still asking him. You're still depending upon him. And so I'm going to close with this and we're going to pray. And there's two people that, I, that I'm praying for. The first set of people, you're broke. <laughs> like, you're literally saying right now, if I just had more money, my life would be better. My life would be different. And God is saying, I alone am Savior. Let me take you on this journey so that you can see how blessed you are. I want you to know how blessed you are so that I can then bless you with these other things seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness seek first love joy peace in the righteousness that comes from Jesus and then I can add these things because they're not your source they're your resources and I want to increase your resources because I'm your source and then the next group of people simply you're running from broke 
Now, you may not be broken your bank account, but you're broken your soul. And you experienced a period of broke in your life. You experienced a time where you had to rely on God for everything. And the way you're looking at that time is with actually you're despising it. And you're like, I don't want to ever go back there. I don't want to ever be broke like that again. And what you're really saying is, I don't want to ever have to trust God like that again. I don't want to ever get to that place to where I got, I have to give all control to God because I have no other choice. And you've been running from broke. You work really hard. You budget really diligently. But what's driving you is not faith and it's not love, but it's fear. It's fear of ever having to be in that place to trust God with everything. And God wants to bring you to a place of dependency, even though you don't have to in the natural. So I want to pray for for you right now. Father, you're so good. You alone are Savior. You alone are our source. And you've come to increase us. But first, to increase our soul. You came to save our soul. You said in your word, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. You said in your word, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Lord, we want to be rich in our soul. Open our eyes to see the value of our soul, not our bank account. We want to trust you. Help us to press in to faith, press in to trust. Lord, let let us make trust our pursuit. And we just thank you by your Holy Spirit, by your grace, by your goodness, by your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.